Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and welcome to the, I guess the second episode, but the very first episode, uh, like a proper episode of the Good Vanilla Podcast, everyone. I'm excited to be sort of recapping and discussing our very first episode today. Uh, And before we get into that too, I want to say, I I can't remember if I said this on my first episode or not, um, but the way I'm going to go about this is I'm going to kind of skip around I there is a lot there are a lot of episodes there's almost 18 years to cover uh of the Barefoot Contessa the TV show so I'm just gonna kind of skip around I thought about going in order I really did and as far as just the what kind of made my decision a little bit clearer too is the availability what what I have access to I don't have cable unfortunately I'm a millennial and I have of course, every streaming platform under the sun, but I don't have the Food Network, which is really sad. But, because uh, I'm sure there's, I remember when I used to have cable, there was like an on-demand option for the Food Network, and you can click on Barefoot Contessa, and a plethora of episodes would be available. But most of mine, or at least where I will be finding them, are going to be on YouTube TV, and actually just plain old YouTube which is where I found today's episode. So if anyone wants to watch the episode or before or after they listen to, you know, the podcast, you can find this episode. It's season one, episode two, Holiday Meal. And the only reason I'm starting on episode two is I could not find episode one uh, for whatever reason. I'm not gonna... I, I, I digged... Is that the past tense of digged? I digged around. Why does that sound so weird? I searched. How about we say that? I searched high and low on the bowels of the internet, but I'm not really great at that stuff. I always get, like, creeped out whenever I'm, like, on those websites. It's just, like, all pop-ups, and I'm like, is it worth it? I don't know. So I I did search a couple. I I know you can buy some episodes on Amazon. I know you could buy some uh, episodes possibly, I think, on iTunes as well. I wish. I mean, don't we all wish that one day when Ina decides to know, you know, to pack up you know, the good vanilla and the rest of her kitchen and just sort of retire that there is like a box set. That's like a dream. I don't, they can, I think they sell a few seasons, but I don't know if there's like a physical like DVD of it, but rest assured, whenever that does happen, I will be purchasing that, whether it's streaming or uh, otherwise. But anyway, here we are, season one, episode two uh, again, this episode is called Holiday Meal, and I think it's essentially kind of Thanksgiving, but I don't I don't know why they didn't call it Thanksgiving, because it is a little bit, I mean, I guess I kind of do, because it, it's, uh, it has, obviously she makes a turkey, and there's like some sweet potato, uh, some mashed sweet potatoes and stuff like that, but it's not like, she skips the stuffing, and she skips a, other, a couple other traditional Thanksgiving, I mean, we all know that she's had Thanksgiving episodes too, so... Uh, so for whatever reason, they just call this holiday meal. It's kind of this blank slate of an episode where it's, it's kind of Thanksgiving, but kind of not. So let's get into this, shall we? I'm so excited. Okay, so I want to talk about, I won't do this every episode, but I, I want to talk about, since this is our first proper episode of me talking about the Barefoot Contessa, I want to talk about a couple things uh, at the beginning, of course. And the first thing would be the theme song. The theme song for the Barefoot Contessa has never really 
changed uh, at all, really. I mean, I feel like maybe there might have been some slight tweaks here and there with just like some of the like the orchestration of it. But in general, it's been the same. We all know it well. I wish I could like make this my ringtone. Um, and one thing that has changed, I guess, with the theme song would definitely be like the graphics, like the pictures that they show. Um, and in the opening credits of like at least this season, season one, episode two, we catch like a glimpse of like Eli Zabar, who is no stranger to the Barefoot Contessa. I feel like he's been on uh, maybe like two or three episodes, at least two or three episodes. One, he came and just solely made bread. For anyone who doesn't know who Eli Zabar is, Zabar is just like a, a New York City staple. Um, and I am ashamed to say that when I lived in New York City, even like I was there for almost two years, I never went to Zabar's. I feel like if I do go back after the pandemic is over and everyone is free to kind of travel where they want to go, that'll definitely be a stop for me. I feel like there should be, because I feel like Ina's had a couple episodes in New York where she kind of goes into the city and gets like, of course, like the, the restaurant is like closed and it's just her and like the chef too. But this is definitely, I, I'm interested and in, kind of intrigued by their relationship too of when they met, but they seem like they're really close friends and are like lifelong friends really. But they show him, anyway, um, I can't remember the other episode that he was on. I feel like there were stakes involved, if my memory is serving me correctly. But back to this sort of opening montage, we see, of course, those cranberries being poured on that 9x13 pan. That's like a staple. Uh, we see a shot of her sort of walking through the garden. She's chopping parsley. And then, of course, we see this... Uh, the classic blender shot where she looks at the camera and kind of like tosses her hair to the side and like gives us a smirk. It's perfect. And of course the last shot is her walking up. It's sort of like she's on the beach. She's walking away from the waves. It's, it's beautiful. And I think they've, they've really held on to that clip. I feel like I've seen that that has persevered more so than, you know, her chopping parsley <laughs> throughout the years. Okay, so then we actually have the the start of the episode, too. And I know, like, this has kind of evolved over time, too. Nowadays, when we see an episode, she's, like, kind of in, at least, like, especially in the most recent season, she's in that room in her house with that, like, amazing orange furniture. But it's not, like, loud orange, but it's not necessarily, like, pumpkin orange, either it's like this I think it's the library if I'm not mistaken one of the things and maybe all you listeners can kind of help me I wish I had like this is gonna sound creepy but I wish I had like a blueprint of Ina's house because like you can kind of put some of the pieces together of like how her house I'm just curious about how her house is set up because I just love houses my boyfriend and I I think him more than me we just love like when we were house hunting, you know, three or four years ago, like half the fun was just kind of seeing all these houses. And we love going with like our friends now that are house hunting. It's just kind of, it's just fun. It's just like, I feel like we're both at like the HGTV stage of our life. I think once you hit like your mid thirties, it's just like HGTV and uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but she's usually standing in that, I guess, library uh, with the the fabulous orange furniture. And she just kind of says like, her opening sort of line, like she'll say like, I love the holidays and here's who's coming over and whatever it might be. And then the theme music starts, but this, like the theme music starts and then it kind of dies down and she's kind of just like on the move. She's sort of just like, she's on her porch. She's coming back from somewhere. The hydrangeas look to be like in full bloom. 
she announces that she has some very dear friends coming for dinner and that she's going to make him her uh, make them her favorite roast turkey dinner, uh, which is, I mean, it sounds lovely. So next we see her in the kitchen uh, and she starts by like hoisting this bird out of the fridge. It's actually a pretty big bird. Um, and she makes this great point. It's almost like this like stand up comedy bit in a way. She's like, our mothers used to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and I don't know why they would. It's like this whole thing. It's like, what's the, what's the deal with mothers on Thanksgiving? Why are they waking up so early? But it's true. I Every Thanksgiving, my grandma and my mom, they would both make a turkey because we had like a big family. So we would just like and we, of course, everyone loves leftovers and all that stuff. So my mom would wake up at like 6 a.m. to like make dinner by like one o'clock. And I I don't understand. But I did kind of look into this because one of the things that's kind of like great about watching all of these on YouTube, not YouTube TV, but just YouTube proper, like plain old YouTube is like seeing everyone's comments. It's a gold mine. It's so great. It's like if any of you listeners are listening to like anyone who commented on that video, I hope you're listening to this podcast because we're all on the same page about Ina and, and just like the sometimes ridiculous, mostly awkward, but we love her so much. And like there's it's like this whole hodgepodge. But someone did comment. <laughs> it was it was kind of sassy. She wrote like the reason that and then she put in quote, our mothers woke up so early is because sometimes with a larger bird it takes a long it obviously takes longer to cook and then i guess that the the science behind it is if you cook it maybe at a lower temp or if you cook it longer it's like more succulent i guess but i mean my mom and my grandma like they never really did anything too i don't want to say they didn't make it special because it was, it was still good i mean i didn't really know any better anyway but like i just roasted a chicken not too long ago and i followed one of ina's recipes of um, or just like slathering butter on it too. And like my, my mom and grandma would never really like think to do that. They probably just like salt and peppered it and like put it in. But it is true. Like I, I think that there's something to be said for that. And it's kind of just what everyone believed that was the way to cook the turkey. So, but Ina also comes back with this in the actual episode to say that like a, what is it? She said a 12 pound turkey cooks in about two and a half hours. So really, it doesn't take the whole day. And I know sometimes, too, it all depends what time of day you're eating. I know for us, we, we always ate so early. We would have, like, Thanksgiving lunch as opposed to Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know if, if any other families out there, like, had early Thanksgiving. I know sometimes, too, with, like, in-laws, you have to have, like, one earlier and one later and stuff like that. But we always had ours at, like, 1230 or 1 o'clock. And I didn't think that was weird until, like, I grew up and other people were like, why do you eat so early? And I'm like, I don't really know. But anyway, enough about the turkey for now. Uh, she announces, Ina announces that Barbara's coming over. And Barbara Libeth is her, her assistant. I don't know if she's still her current assistant, but I know what I love about this, because I don't really know too much about Barbara's background, too. But she just seems like someone who, like, was really close to Ina and happened to have some know-how and just, like, slowly became her assistant. That's the story that I'm telling myself. I could have done some research on Barbara Libeth, but maybe we'll wait for another episode for her to pop in as well, too, because she's definitely no stranger to the Barefoot Contessa. She comes over to, like, help Ina, like, test recipes in one episode, and she's great. I love her a lot. So Ina announces she has a new grandson, Timothy, who's six months old. So that's lovely. I guess she's just having her family, or Barbara's family, and I guess Barbara's, like, extended family over for this holiday dinner. 
it sounds like a blast. So on the menu today, of course, I already mentioned the roast turkey, and then she's going to make a spinach gratin. I, I don't know how to say that. I mean, I do know how to say it, but I can't justify saying gratin. Spinach gratin. I don't know what I'll say. <laughs> I sound, it just makes me feel bougie. But this is the good vanilla, so maybe I'll just commit to it. Anyway, um, then she's also making smashed sweet potatoes and croissant bread pudding. That's another word. There's so many French words in this recipe that I'm already uncomfortable saying it. But I'm going to commit. I'm just going to do it, guys. So roll your eyes if you must. Um, so Ina's making this roast turkey. And the first thing she says is no stuffing. She says, enough with the stuffing. And honestly, if I showed up to, I know this is like a holiday dinner, but if I showed up to, if a turkey was being made, I think I would expect stuffing. I, because stuffing is the reason for the season. <laughs> as far as like Thanksgiving is concerned, like, yeah, I, I'm going to need the stuffing. But that's why this maybe isn't like a, a proper Thanksgiving episode because it isn't. So instead... She kind of stuffs the cavity with like some onions and some thyme and lemons and like a half a head of garlic, which is great. That's actually how I made my roast chicken a little while ago, too, and it worked out beautifully. Um, so she tucks like the turkey legs behind so they don't burn. And she kind of smirks and says to the camera, she's like, it doesn't mind because it's dead. And then she slathers, you guessed it, four tablespoons of butter on it, which honestly, like, I love butter. I th it's a lot of Ina, Ina's recipes. I feel like Paula Dean got like flack for this back in the day too. But like, I think Ina's kind of embraced it as well. She's like, I know, I know it starts with a stick of butter, but I'm hoping that like most people at home and especially for the holidays wouldn't, you know, would allow it for like special occasions like this too. Like obviously it's four tablespoons. It's a big bird. It's 12 pounds, but it does make the, the like the skin crispy. So it does add to the flavor of it. So I'm always fine with it. So get out if you don't like butter. So then she pops it in the oven and then sits down with a cup of coffee and like a little like cookie or a biscuit and like a newspaper. It's just very like she's in like almost like the breakfast nook of the kitchen. Um, and we do transition into some like mood music. And I wish I could remember like every single iteration of this because they're the ones that stick out in my head are when it's kind of like this jaunty sort of like when she's on the move it's like when she's kind of like out in the out and about in the town or just like walking around um that's kind of the, and then the other music that i can remember is um it's like boom ba boom it's like these sort of like jazzy chords those are the two that stick out in my head but in this episode it's not it's not either of those I think that's something else that sort of evolved over time but I do love that I'm gonna try to like add to those because those are the two that I remember and if you're a diehard fan of the show you know hopefully I did them justice enough to know to like jog your memory as well too but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye out for those Okay, it's time for spinach gratin and she starts to saute some onions and butter she uses five packs of frozen spinach. And if I'm not mistaken, oh, this is like, this is like an Ina Garden, like trivia question. If there was like an Ina Garden, like trivia night, I would kill. But I would say, let me think of the other. Okay, so what, for all of you listeners out there, what three vegetables does Ina prefer to be frozen instead of fresh? 
I'll give you a moment. Think about it. Of course, one of them is spinach because I just told you that. I'll give you a second. It's like, I wish you could answer to me. You can like tweet me. What are your answers? Uh, but the second is frozen peas. And the third is, you guessed it, pearl onions. And I think like frozen peas, like, yeah, it's like canned peas are fine. And I, I mean, I ate canned peas like my entire childhood and I didn't even like, I didn't know any better. I was just like, these are great. And I love peas, but frozen peas are just like a godsend because you could just like dump them, dump them into like anything really. But the pearl onions, I think Ina's explanation was like, she's like, who wants to pearl? <laughs> who wants to pearl? Who wants to peel all these pearl onions? Not me, uh, which would be terrible. So, and I think she only uses them every once in a while for like I know, like a buff bourguignon or something like that. And I'm trying to think of what else she uses them for. But if there are more, let me know. But I know, I, I'm pretty sure those are the three that I can remember off the top of my head. So tweet me if uh, if you have any other frozen veggies that Ina's, you know, a fan of. So in this gratin, she, she puts nutmeg in it. And I know that's like a really popular sort of... Uh, spice to put in gratins too but I there I think there's something about nutmeg that I just don't love and I think it's because it kind of reminds me a little bit of like eggnog honestly like if you were to like ask me right now what does nutmeg taste like I I feel like it's just <laughs> I don't know because it's always usually in things obviously I'm not just like you know doing shots of nutmeg in my kitchen but I I just don't think it's like a spice that I love is it an herb no it's a spice Cause it's like that little like brown thing. I don't know. Anyway, she pours some heavy cream in it as well. She said you could use milk, but it's a special occasion. So we're using heavy cream and I'm totally on board for that. It is the holidays after all. And then she breaks out the Parmesan. I wish I had like a sound effect. I don't know what that would be for like any time Parmesan is mentioned on this podcast. Cause it's going to be a lot. Uh, so it is Reggiano. And I know some people... Uh, I know some people get bent out of shape about like the way that she pronounces Parmesan versus Parmesan, but that's, that is what it's called. Like I went downstairs cause I, I have bought like fresh Parmesan before. Um, the Parmesan that she has though is like, it looks, I mean, um, like most things, it, it looks very high end. It looks very expensive. I mean, I love cheese and I would love to, I think we do have like a specialty like cheese stop, uh, cheese stop, cheese shop in Lawrenceville in Pittsburgh. But um, that's always the thing that like stops me is like you get so little for so much. And I, I know it's worth it because we've got it before too. But like most of the time I'm going to buy the green bottle from the store, you know, and it does say Parmesan on there. So I don't know where we got this like Parmesan sort of thing. And I say both too. Like if I'm feeling bougie, I'll say Parmesan. But, um, you know, you could be like all Giada about it and be like Parmigiano Reggiano. I know everyone like hates Giada for her pronunciations, but I secretly love them. So justice for Giada. Anyway, so she has this like huge chunk of, it's not huge, but it, it's decently sized enough too. It's like, I, I feel like it was easily like $45 for this piece of cheese, but... I guess it's the it does last you a while too. Anytime I buy, uh, like fresh Parmesan, I it does last a couple weeks too. If, if I guess like if stored properly. So then she finishes up the gratin. She like sets it aside because it can chill in the fridge. It's kind of like a make ahead sort of situation, which is always great when entertaining. 
Okay, so let's get into this sweet potato. What is, sweet potato mash? What did I say it was? Smashed, smashed sweet potatoes is what it is. So Ina, as she's peeling these potatoes or getting them out of the oven, she said, "Why do?" She says, "Why do people only eat sweet potatoes at Thanksgiving?" But I don't know, Ina. I eat sweet potatoes a lot. I think sweet potatoes have kind of come a long way. And granted, if this is season one, episode two, that's back in two thousand and two. I feel like sweet potatoes are kind of along the same vein of what Ina says about kale when she's like I feel like she said this not when I saw her live but maybe she said it in like another episode she said since when did kale get a PR agent she's like it seems like everyone's eating it and I feel like in sweet but in some ways like sweet potatoes are kind of along that line because they're good for you um but I will say too a baked potato is a pain in the ass to make. They're not obviously it's not hard by any means. You just literally put them in the oven. But I would say I am much more inclined to have a baked sweet potato than just a baked potato. And I think if I'm really thinking about it too like this is no shade to my mom because moms are busy and it's much easier to throw a baked potato or like a potato in the microwave for like 8 or 9 minutes and then serve it and that's kind of what my mom did for the majority of my childhood. And I just like never quite enjoyed it. I don't know. And I like, like the next question is, well, what do you put on your, your your baked potato? And I, I think like the best way to eat a baked potato is to have like it be 4,000 calories. Like I need to have the cheese. I need to have the sour cream. Like if we have like some bacon crumbles, yes. If there are some like scallions nearby, that's also a yes. I don't know if I would put butter on it. And I I do I do appreciate you know just a standard baked potato with like some butter and salt and pepper. Like I will eat that. I'm not going to stick my nose up and like, you know, just like cast it aside. But in general, it's like I'd rather I'd rather have french fries. I'd rather have mashed potatoes for sure. But with sweet potatoes, I think it's kind of the same deal. I can eat a sweet potato. Well, no, I can eat a sweet potato plain. If it's just like, because we'll make sweet potato wedges every once in a while in the oven with just like some olive oil and salt and pepper. And sometimes I dip them in ketchup. I know that's weird, but I'd say most people eat sweet potato fries with ketchup. Maybe? Am I in the minority there? Let me know. But I also, I, I mean, I am not above like a loaded sweet potato at Texas Roadhouse. I feel like Ina would shudder <laughs> at me saying that out loud. But sorry, Ina, they're really good. I think, like, and really, like, the continuation of this is, like, the sweet potato casserole that you would serve at Thanksgiving dinner. It really is dessert. It's, like, like I want the brown sugar. I want butter. I want the marshmallows. I want the... Do most people use walnuts? I'd say not pecan. I'm, like, pecans. Uh, pecans. Pecans. Gosh, I'm struggling with how to say words today, but I'm sure people say... I feel like in the South, people say pecan. But in, like, Ina's world, they're pecans. Who knows? Um, but yes, I'm always down for that. I a Sweet potato is the superior potato. Although I do like french fries, so... I don't know. I'm, I'm figuring it out, okay? Anyway, back to Ina making the sweet potato mash. So, she scoops out... She calls it the flesh of the sweet potato, which is... I don't know. That made me... That, like, made me feel weird. I don't know why. <laughs> the flesh of the sweet potato. She adds um, orange juice to this. This is, like, all in a standing mixer. 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 Sheesh. A standing mixer. And then she puts heavy cream, butter, cinnamon. Nut- Again with this nutmeg. 
I don't know, Ina. It's I know I think in this it probably would be a little bit more subtle than the gratin, but who knows? And then she finishes it off with a quarter cup of brown sugar. Yes, I'm on board with all this. So she's mixing it up and she reminds us that she doesn't like it to be baby food, which is something she says pretty often. She's like, if she's making something, excuse me, um, in the, uh, what is that called? The food processor. She doesn't like it. I feel like it's easier to like make, it's easier to over like process something in a food processor and make it baby food than it is in like a standing mixer. So she likes it. I, I also like a little bit of texture and, and stuff like this as well too. I like chunk. Um, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't mean... I don't think anyone loves baby food, <laughs> except like babies. But uh, yeah, anyway, so she's mixing it up. And I think after that, she just kind of puts it in a 9 by 13 and sets it aside for later. So next, Ina is off. She's on the move. She grabs like this, I want to call it like pea soup. I almost said flavored. Pea soup colored scarf. But it's also like a little bit lime. I don't know. It's really pretty. And she heads off to, you guessed it, loaves and fishes. That's like another, I need like a soundboard here for like a loaves and fishes trip. Because if anyone knows Ina Garden and the world of the Barefoot Contessa, loaves and, fi- uh, loaves and fishes is like a staple. I feel, oh gosh, I would, maybe I'll do this when I retire. Kian and I will just move to the Hamptons and we'll just get a little bungalow somewhere. And I will just do like Ina Garden, like, tours of like all of her hot spots it would be like loaves and fishes we'd go to like amber waves um which is that like like beautiful little farm like the, that's owned by those two women and then where we definitely like go to michael's flower shop for sure he'd probably be wearing an orange sweater i love michael i can't wait till he pops up uh where else would we go I feel like there's like a farm stand that she often frequents. It's the same farm stand that Alec Baldwin and Mariska Hargitay are in that one episode. That's a good episode. I can't wait to do that one. I might do that like soon. It's definitely like a summary episode. I might save it for later, but there's like that farm stand that she goes to. And where else would she go? Oh, I guess like where she gets like her fresh chickens. You could like see all the chickens just like chilling in the yard that are like about to be slaughtered. But uh, it's fresh. So that would be my Ina tour. I'll, what other places would I add to that tour, listeners? Am I missing something? I mean, we would drive by Ina's house, but we wouldn't, like, say hi. We wouldn't want to bother her. But maybe we'll catch a glimpse of her, like, at the beach. we definitely go to the beach. That would be fun. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just, like, thinking of this imaginary retirement plan. I hope it works out. So she is at Loaves, at Fi- Loaves and Fish, excuse me, and she picks up some wine. She picks up some fresh dried fruit. I think she picks up... Uh, Here's another word, apricot or apricots. I feel like an asshole when I say apricot. I don't know why. I feel like that's like crossing the line, apricot. It just feels like I'm I'm wearing like a powdered wig and I have like a fan. You know what I mean? Um, but I've said apricot my entire life. I think I'm gonna commit to apricot when I when I say this. I can't say apricot yet, guys. I'm not ready. And she also picks up dried mango. And this is all in replacement of flowers on the table. I mean, we all know Ina loves like her hydrangeas and I feel like sometimes she'll do lilies, but uh, it I, I do appreciate and uh, like the idea of just kind of changing it up for this occasion. 
Okay, so next we're back at the house and she's making gravy. And she they like pan up. She's like stirring these onions and butter. And then she like they pan up to her and she's just like, I hate gravy. And it made me like spit out my coffee. Just like those little one-liners. She's She doesn't know that she's doing it. And, but she's just being honest. And one thing to kind of add to this, a little bit of a tangent, but I will say, I, maybe it's the editing of this episode as well, but like she seems really natural and like, like she's been doing this her whole life. And, and granted, and like we're starting on episode two of season one and I couldn't find season or episode one, but she seemed perfectly at home, like with everything that she was doing. Like she didn't seem nervous and like, and maybe they cut, I'm sure there's like multiple takes. I wonder how long it takes to record really any episode of any cooking show. I feel like I read some fact about Giada that it takes like an astronomical amount of time to like film and like edit an episode but hers it like I feel like she also has her like does she have her own production company or something I feel like the production company that does Barefoot Contessa is also the production company that does Nigella Lawson I feel like it's the same logo and of course I'm blanking on that right now but um I'm just kind of fascinated by the behind the scenes of cooking shows and how like what happens I just want to like sit there and watch it but Anyway, back to Ina hating gravy. She says, she follows it up by saying, she's like, well, I don't hate gravy. She just hates making it. Because if there's one thing that we know about Ina, she wants to be with her guests. Don't we all? We all remember that faded, uh, you know, that pancake breakfast that she hosted, a brunch. She'll talk about it every once in a while. I think she even talked about it when I saw her live where she wanted to make pancakes for everyone, but she was stuck at the stove the whole time. So she said never again, which is true. It's like, I probably wouldn't have thought about that until like everyone was in my house. And then I was like, oh, I have to make pancakes because you can't part of entertaining is being with your guests, too. It's like a balance to be found. So she is and, and like she says, too, she said when it's time to eat and like gravy is typically the last thing that you make because you have to use like the drippings from the turkey or whatever that she doesn't like to be away for long. So she's making this gravy ahead of time. And that's it's a pretty bougie ass gravy, too. I'm I would love to try this, but I don't have like half the ingredients, so I'd have to go buy it. But before we talk about the gravy, I want to play the game. What's in Ina's fridge? That's another sound effect on my board here. Um, I feel like I guess there is a certain part of this that like. I feel obviously Ina has more than one fridge because every time she opens it, it's like stocked, but not stocked. But it is her house like it's not a set so I'm wondering if this is like her actual day-to-day -day refrigerator or it's just like we're only putting stuff in here that is used for like the show or the episode that day. But I will say from a quick glance, I actually paused it. It looks like there's some Perrier, some wine, some orange juice, and then a hunk of blue cheese. I, I'm i going to say this now, everyone. I have a confession. I I can't do blue cheese. I I have tried so many times. I've had good blue cheese. I've had terrible blue cheese. Um, I like, and by that, I mean like expensive blue cheese and just like, you know, regular old blue cheese that you buy in the grocery store, but I just can't do it. I, there's something about like the thought of it that makes me want to hurl. So I, I've tried it and like, if it is in something, I will eat it, but it's, it's a struggle, but Ina loves it. So I'm trying, I'm trying <laughs> but it looks like uh, the blue cheese in the refrigerator kind of looks like cake, though. I kind of hope it is like a big slice of vanilla cake. Um, and then, of course, there's Parmesan. But 
back to this gravy. Uh, so she has some leftover turkey drippings from, at least I thought she said the turkey. She, oh yeah, she said like from the last time she made turkey, but I don't think anyone's making turkey more than once a year. I keep, I always tell Keon that we should make like a Thanksgiving dinner anytime we want. But really, I guess that's the draw of Thanksgiving. That's why it's so coveted because it only happens once a year. And honestly, I guess I never really looked for it, but do they sell turkeys like 365 days a year? I don't know. So uh, figure that out for me, everyone. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, so she adds in some of the turkey drippings. And of course, she said uh, she combines it with some homemade chicken stock, of course, but she advises that um, if you do have to buy it from the store, just make sure it's good chicken stock. So that's a good compromise, I say. So she gets some flour, her flour. Oh, gosh, I love these canisters. It's like, I guess it would be a canister, right? It's like this huge glass vessel. And they're all I want like the whole set too. And honestly, the one that holds the flour is like, it's like the size of a small garbage can, like maybe even like a medium sized garbage can. It's like it's on her counter. But it is nice because I think like half the battle of scooping um, flour is that it gets everywhere. So like I would love a big like wide canister like this so I could just kind of scoop and level and just be done with it too. But um, anyway, I I want all of them. And she puts the flour in. She adds some more stock, some salt and pepper. And then she puts cognac in it, which is brandy. And I don't, I don't know what cognac tastes like. I don't think I've ever had brandy. I, I Like brandy and scotch are the same thing to me. Are they the same thing? They're probably not. Everyone who knows the difference is probably like screaming at their phones right now. But um, I just have never even thought to buy it as well. But uh, she's using it. So it, it makes it very rich, I'd imagine. And then she puts some white wine in it and then finishes it off with some heavy cream because it's the holidays. And no holiday is complete without some sort of dessert. So she, I mean, brace yourself, everyone. I'm going to say croissant. I'm going to say it. I know everyone could might be rolling their eyes, but there was um that was another comment um in the YouTube comments. <laughs> one guy was like, take a shot every time she says croissant, because there's one maybe like a minute stretch of her literally saying croissant like at least sixteen times in a row. She talks about like how like I, can't, I wish I would have wrote it down. She was like, the croissant, like, Deo croissant is best. And sometimes I'll use croissant for this. But what really is the best part about the croissant is, like, she just goes. Um, and it just sounded funny because she's saying it the proper way. So it's it's just funny because as Americans, we're used to saying croissant. <laughs> but uh, I tried. It all depends, like, the company that I'm around. If I'm trying to impress someone, I'll say croissant. Uh, but most of the time, I'll say croissant. Um, so... I, I, I think this is, like, a great idea, by the way. Um, and I think a, an episode of The Barefoot Contessa is not complete without dessert. I am ten times more likely to just, like, enjoy myself if the, if the episode has a dessert. And sometimes, like, I get a little cranky if it's, like, if the dessert tends to be, like, fruit-based or something. Or it's just, like, fresh fruit. I'm like, but where's the chocolate cake, Ina? I need something. I need something with flour, like, sugar, butter, and flour in it. So... I was really excited for this. Uh, and I think it's, I I also love bread pudding. Like, let's talk about bread pudding for a second. I think there needs, like, there needs to be, like, a food truck or, like, a restaurant. I don't know, some little pop-up that is only dedicated to bread pudding. I think it's such a great dessert because it's it's essentially like a French toast casserole. Really, it's just, like, 
everything that I love. I love a good, like, like an, like a bread pudding with like mini chocolate chips in it with like a little bit of cinnamon too. Like, I just think it's so versatile. And I think it's also, I mean, it's, if you were to go like a savory route, it's basically, I mean, not basically, but it is like, it's almost like stuffing. So I'm, I am here for the bread pudding and uh, croissant bread pudding just makes it even like more elevated. So she starts out with um, like a whole, like a shit ton of egg yolks and then, and then five cups of half and half. And she says, I know, I know, but I'm also here for it. Like it is the holidays. Like if you're going to make croissant bread pudding, you better put six cups in, Ina. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm here for it. So uh, you don't have to defend it to me. So then she adds some vanilla. She doesn't call it the good vanilla, but you know, it's early days. So we'll wait for it. I'm sure I'll try to keep track if I go back like early enough to when was the first time she actually said the good vanilla, because I do feel like it is something that's sort of fan based. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like store-bought is just fine or the good vanilla, or I'm trying to think of other phrases too, but it is something that like we as viewers have kind of conjured up and sort of like made it it's sort of like meme culture at the same time oh my god there's so many garden memes um and some of them are fantastic um but maybe i'll have like a whole episode dedicated to like garden memes um so she's she's adding she's adding this recipe she adds the vanilla she cuts the croissant in half and I feel, like I said this before, the croissant really is the perfect vessel for bread pudding because it's so, like, porous in a way. Like, there's so many little nooks and crannies that you can get that, like, custard in. It's it's pretty genius. So next she adds raisins in the middle layer, which I kind of wish they were golden raisins. That's what I would say about this. Uh, I think golden raisins are the superior raisin. I kind of have, like, assorted past with raisins that sounds dramatic because they're raisins um but I never really liked them as a kid like when you would get that ugh, I remember like getting those little boxes of raisins for like Halloween and I would get like so mad if someone put that in my bag I would just like I would never go to their house again because it would scar me for life I was I just there's something about them that's just fine they're fine and I could eat raisin bran but after like half a bowl I'm like I don't I don't think raisins are meant to sit in a bowl of milk you know what I mean and they just end up sinking to the bottom anyway so by the end of it you're just like shoving raisins and milk in your face (laughs) I just I can't do it um I it's like give me the raisin bran minus the raisin it's just like bran give me the bran also if you fall into the category of liking oatmeal raisin over chocolate chip you should be arrested I just like I don't think like anyone who says that is lying unless you have like some sort of like dietary restriction where you cannot eat chocolate like I get that of course I understand that too but I love the I, I do love the flavor profile of an oatmeal raisin cookie I actually my favorite cookie of all time is oatmeal chocolate chip like hands down I love like the texture of the oatmeal I love it combines like everything that I love about like oatmeal raisin and also chocolate chip cookies I just think it's like the best combo but I I've had like some really good quality oatmeal raisin cookies but again I kind of just wish it was golden raisins there's something about biting into like a raisin halfway through where I'm just like okay I'm done it's like the feeling I get when I eat too much like 
when you go eat oysters, I can eat them. But after like three, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is like, I look like, not I look like, it looks like, ugh, God, it's just like a slimy, like shriveled up earlobe. You know what I mean? And I know like, I, I, I think it's better like with lemon and like a little bit of uh, maybe like sprinkle of salt on there too. And then what's the, what's that stuff called? The, uh, it's the sauce that you eat with shrimp. Cocktail sauce. That's what it is. I had to look it up too. Um, it's, it's fine. I just can't do it. But anyway, back to raisins. Um, she's putting it in the middle, middle layer. And I think honestly, if I was to, if someone were to put this in front of me and told me there was raisins in it, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I wish they weren't there, but fine. Um, because they, they get softened anyways. Um, so she, she puts it all together. She puts like the, the top layer of croissant on it. And then she makes like a bain-marie. Uh, and then she throws that thing in the oven and she is, Next, she's on the move again. She, oh, this is my favorite part of the episode. She, she goes into the backyard and she has, she has this idea to lay out these sort of like twigs and berries in the middle of the table. Very earthy, as she would say. And I think it's cute. I, I do like that idea a lot. But the thing that like made me laugh hard is like, she's just in her backyard. Like she still has her like, what would you call it? Like a, like a black poncho sort of coat thing. And she, she has like her scarf on and she says, she said, you'd be surprised what you can find in the woods this time of year. And I'm like, girl, you're wearing like a $400 cashmere scarf. You're not in the woods. It's like, it would be if, like if I was in my backyard, like in the city in Pittsburgh, like I'm not in the woods. I, I just wish she would have said something like, you'd be surprised what you can find in your own backyard or something like that. It was just funny. It made me laugh that she thought that that was the woods. And to top it off, there's also this like random line. She's like, she like, she gets her twigs and she like turns around and she just like smiles at the camera and says, I love crab apples. And then it's like smash cut to her back at the kitchen. It was, it was just like, I feel like the editors on the show are, they deserve some awards here because the timing of everything really makes it that much more enjoyable. So we're back in the house. She is changed for the party. She's wearing like a cranberry colored blouse, which is very pretty. I feel like oftentimes when she changes like for the party, only on rare occasion will she wear something that's out of that sort of like black blue denim sort of color palette too but I, I think for this it's like obviously a holiday so she does get dressed up for sure and she is decorating the table um she sets the table with the dried fruit and it looks great and she has the gorgeous uh oh these like gorgeous orange napkins it's almost the same color that apricot apricot color that's like uh in her library too it's just really an unexpected shade of orange that I really love. I kind of want them. Where do I buy those? I don't know. And next she's kind of just getting the party all set up. She's heating up the, the mashed sweet potatoes and the spinach gratin, but she also puts, I will say this, this took like the spinach gratin to like a new level. She put some extra Parmesan on it and then she put some Gruyere cheese on top. I mean, Gruyere cheese is... <sighs> I just have to like, I just like stared out the window thinking about Gruyere cheese. It's just so lovely. And like, it's for those of you who don't know who grew, who, who Gruyere, Miss Gruyere. Oh, you don't know Miss Gruyere? <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you about her. Um, Gruyere is like what's on top of uh, French onion soup, which is, oh God, French onion soup is so good. I'm getting hungry. I need to eat lunch after this, I think. Um... So I'm really glad she did that. I think that like really just, it's like those last finishing touches on the gratin is really what makes that dish like stand out. I would love to make that, to be honest. 
So the guests arrive, everyone is sort of standing around in a circle, and they're just like kind of laughing and talking to, and they they kind of like zoom in for only one, they like turn the microphone up for one line, and it's Ina, and she says, she's like, um, she's kind of like playing with baby Timothy, and she's like, I could be the barefoot Contessa, and he could be the barefoot baby, and everyone just loses their minds with laughter. Um, it's sweet. I, I feel like that oftentimes too, like, I try to put myself in a situation like if I had a camera on me or if I knew a camera was on me in my own room or like house, I think that'd be so awkward because you it's like, Ina, can you just like, OK, can everyone stand here and like like the archway and just kind of like talk and we're going to maybe like take a, a couple things that you say. And Ina's just trying to like lead the conversation because I'm sure everyone else is like, what do we say? So I can't falter for that. But it was also, you know, one of those classic Ina lines. So she sneaks away to grab the croissant bread pudding out of the oven. It looks deloish. It looks so good. Uh, and then she shows us how to carve a turkey, which is the same way she um, carves a chicken, which is actually like all of this is very useful. I've never carved. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I did carve that um, roasted chicken I made like a month ago, um, but I, I didn't really do it right. Like I, I don't know what knives I need. Like I had a good knife, but I after a while, I was just like, I have enough of this. I got like the legs and like the breast meat and that's all I really needed. But it always it is funny how like carving the turkey is always like the man's job. I feel like the woman or the women, they slave over the entire meal, like whether it be Thanksgiving or anything else. And then the man just like swoops in at the last minute to stand at the table and just like say, look at all the good I did. And the wife is just sitting like diligently. It's like a, a Norman Rockwell painting. Um, it's just so I love the fact that Ina is showing us how to do it. And that's not to say that like women don't carve tor uh, turkeys. <laughs> I just picture like a turkey twerking. I don't know. Um, obviously, I hope that women and I assume more women are carving chickens and turkeys these days and not letting their husbands get all the glory. Um, but it was really useful to kind of see her her approach to it and like just kind of showing how easy it actually is to do that. So she carves it. She takes it out to the table. Uh, she also decorated the platter with the turkey with some pears. I love pears. I never think to buy pears. And I don't know if it's because they're maybe not always in season or I'm not like looking for them. But anytime I have a pear, I'm just like, yeah, pears are incredible. I love the graininess of them. I love the taste of them. I just think they're a great fruit that I I'm just going to make a mental note to buy more pears. So she takes it to the table. Um, Barbara's grandson, Timothy, is actually really cute. He seems to be very well behaved, at least in this moment. He's kind of just chilling in his high chair. Um, and then Ina brings up this. I think one of one of the guests say, have you been up since 5 a.m. this morning? And Ina's like, what is the deal with that? She like brings up her like stand up comedy bit from earlier. She's like, my mother always used to get up at 5 a.m. And I think she still needs to workshop it. She needs to like, you know, she needs to tighten it up a little bit, Ina. But uh, she's trying to make it work. And it, it's a it's a hit with the guests, too. So that is kind of the end of this episode. I mean, she they it's kind of like a fade out of, you know, there's not one last there might be some sort of like cheers everyone and then they all like clink their glasses or something like that but in future episodes too one of my favorite things to look out for is that last line i don't know how to like describe it but most of the time oh my hip just popped did you hear that <laughs> i hope the microphone picked that up because i shuffled like i shifted my body weight and my whole hip just like cracked it felt amazing but that last line like th th without question the best last line of any episode 
and you can fight me on this too, is when Jeffrey buys her that tent and for their anniversary because he wants to commemorate how they went like, I don't want to say backpacking, but I guess kind of like right when they got married, they went to Europe and just kind of camped. Maybe it's just France, though, but I want to say it was Europe. I'll look I'll look into that. But uh, so Jeffrey wants to buy a tent to commemorate that. And he sets up the tent in the backyard and Ina and him get inside the tent. And she says, when the tent is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. And she starts laughing and she zips it up. And it is, I levitated off my seat. I, (laughs) it's the best closing line. And I think anyone who is familiar with the episodes too, like she always has something whether it's like ridiculous or it's just like a sort of button on the episode that is just to die for. So in this episode, there wasn't really anything of note, but that'll definitely be like a featured segment on future episodes for sure. Okay, so that is all I have for you today on this episode. I am so thrilled to continue this journey with you all. I'm excited to hear from you. If you like, please leave a star rating and review. That is like the best way to sort of build up uh, a community of listeners that like love and appreciate uh, Ina Garden. And also it just gives this podcast a little bit of exposure. So if you would love to leave a review, a star rating and review, I would be forever grateful. You can also follow the Good Vanilla Podcast on social media. I have a Twitter and Instagram accounts and the handle for that is Good Vanilla Pod. And you can also email me at goodvanillapod at gmail.com with any of your you know your feelings on raisins if you're you know if you're an oatmeal raisin gal or guy i'm sorry chocolate chip is better but i would love to hear from you i would love to uh get suggestions for future episodes i want this to be as much of a conversation and a sort of partnership as i as i can make it with all of you listeners out there i am super thrilled to to continue and i look forward to next week's episode i don't know what i'll cover next week i'm probably going to jump ahead maybe a little maybe a lot but uh either way i cannot wait so until next time i will see you then stay well everyone